I'm so glad you've decided to join us on today. This is certainly a great day in the Lord. On this, on this particular message, I want you to listen for the lessons that we can learn from someone who is most commonly known as Doubting Thomas. He gets a bad rap a lot of times because he had doubts, but if we're honest, most of us do. If you're blessed by this message, though, I want you to, to like it below. That really helps us out. Also, subscribe to the channel and hit the little bell so that you get a notification every time a new message comes out. And then, of course, always, if you're blessed, bless someone else by sharing this particular message. We love you, and so does God. Today's scripture can be found in John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the door being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands, and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, when we look at this particular passage of scripture, we see the disciples huddled again. They are now some eight days later. It, if we're reading the Bible and Jesus had risen and perhaps uh, if we keep it all on Sunday, the previous Sunday where he had risen and perhaps that same day after he'd gotten up, he went to the disciples when they were in a locked room. Now we are on another Sunday and they're in the room again and they're all there. And the Bible lets us know that Thomas was actually in the room this time. And once again, Jesus comes and appears before them. He is now in the midst of them one more time. And as he's there, he greets them as he did the last time. He says, peace to you. And as he's there, before he does anything else, he looks over at Thomas and he says, hey, you, come here. I want you to look at my hands and put your, and, and, and see the nail prints. I, I want you to put your hand in my side. Jesus is providing Thomas with the very thing that he had asked for on the last time they had met. And Thomas told the other disciples, I'm not believing unless I see the nail prints in his hand, unless I put my hand in his side, I will not believe. I refuse to believe you. Now, when I look at this, it is interesting because the disciples actually told their first story. The witness that they gave to the first person that they gave it to was somebody who had been hanging with them. They gave their first testimony to one of their own. And Thomas didn't even believe them. Isn't that interesting? Well, 
I do think that we can learn something from Thomas in all of this, especially and apply it to our lives. We can look at the way that Thomas behaved and we can surmise or deduce some lessons from what he has gone through. The first thing I want us to look at is uh, uh, to realize and recognize that when we have faith, it doesn't mean that we don't have doubts or questions. When we have faith, it doesn't eliminate the fact that somehow now we're some kind of super saint and we don't have any more doubts, that we'll just believe everything that comes our way, especially if we think it's coming from God. No, I, I don't think that's how that works. Most of us, if we're honest about our faith and our walk with God, we will have questions along the way. We will actually uh, uh, ask God, perhaps, or if we don't ask God, we'll ask ourselves or we'll go to someone else and ask them the questions. But often we end up with questions as we walk with Jesus. If we are listening to the word of the Holy Spirit, if we understand what he's telling us, God can tell us to do things and we will immediately question. Remember Ananias who was sitting, I imagine, at his home doing nothing, just kind of, you know, hanging out at the house and God came to him and said, hey, there's a guy by the name of, 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 of Saul. We're going to call him Paul, but there's a guy by the name of Saul and he's blind right now because I talked to him. Can you go over and speak some words to him? And the first thing Ananias said, wait, wait a minute, Lord, do you know who, who he is? You realize he's trying to kill him. I mean, we have questions. It is one of those things that just walks hand in hand with faith. For Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Over in Romans chapter 8, verse number 24, Paul, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but Paul asked the question, he says, well, what good does it do to hope for something that you see? And so we've got to understand that when we have faith in God, God wants us to walk with him. He wants us to have faith in him and he wants us to trust him despite our questions. He wants us to walk with him despite the fact that we have questions and just trust him. And he will show himself faithful and true to his word. The other thing that I believe Thomas teaches us in this is the fact that community is critical. Now remember uh, back when he was with them before he wasn't in the room when Christ came and and that could have been all kind of dissension I imagine that they came in and told him hey Jesus is alive. And Thomas is like, man, come on. No, he's not alive. I don't, no, I, uh -uh. I'm not going to believe y'all. I have to see him for myself. Did y'all look at his hands? Did you look at his side? Did you do a proper inspection? Now, the next week, you know, he, he could have been mad. He could have, you know, been one to say, hey, they lied to me. I'm not showing up again. Those guys are crazy. No, he didn't do that. What he did was he showed up when they all gathered together one more time. Now, it's curious to me, I believe that Jesus could have actually gone to Thomas' house and went inside his home and said to him, hey, Thomas, you had some problems with me. Here's my hands. Here's my side. And then Thomas would have had perhaps the same issue 
trying to convince someone else that he saw the Lord. No, Jesus didn't return until they were gathered together again. Community is critical if we're going to grow in Jesus Christ. We have got to be. In other words, we're not to forsake the assembly. We are to stay in the assembly. We are to be looking forward to the assembly because the assembly is where we can meet Christ for sure. Certainly, Christ was here with the disciples and now Thomas was there. Jesus says to him, come see, here's the evidence. And I think it's vitally important that Jesus did that in front of the other disciples so that all of them had the same testimony. But there was a testimony by two or three. There were more than two or three in this room, but there they are. The testimony is the same. All of them witnessed it. It's very important that we as Christians find a way to stay in community. We stay in touch with one another because we confirm the things that God has told us individually. We're able to, to see the gifts in others and to help others grow in their gifts and to encourage one another in the things that are important in the growing of our spiritual beings. So it's very, very important for us to stay in community. Community is critical. Another thing that I believe Thomas uh, teaches us, or at least we can glean from this story, is the fact that doctrine is not as important as we make it. We in churches and within the uh, the, the community of faith, the Big C Church, all of us have our doctrines. We have our denominations. And these things separate us. Now, I don't know and I don't believe that uh, doctrines and denominations are necessarily an evil. I don't think that they stop us from knowing who God is. I do believe, though, that often the doctrines and the denominations cause unnecessary struggles and fights. Before we are the body, the Big C Church is the body of Christ and every part of the body has a different function. I know that my eyeball would not know what to do if it were attached to the end of my foot as a toe. So there's a different function, there's a different view of the world. It doesn't mean that it's not a part of my body. It just means it has a different function. And so all I'm saying about doctrines is that they are not so critical that they take us away from who Jesus is and our experience. Thomas had no idea about the Trinity. He didn't know anything about the priesthood of the believer. He did not have any kind of arguments about when we're supposed to be baptized and by what method he had an experience with Christ and Christ was the one he had a relationship with and that's what we seek we seek a relationship with Christ that's what we're after we want to know him we want to know him better than we know ourselves we want to know him better than we know the people that we hang out with each and every day that is the important part doctrine is not that important that it stops us from knowing who Christ is. The final thing I want to say to us on today is believing is actually foundational. At the end of this, 
uh, uh, Jesus Christ said to Thomas. Again, I'm going to paraphrase, but he says to Thomas, he says, hey, Thomas, you're believing because you see me. You, you've had the experience. I'm standing here before you. You got the chance to see my hands. You have the chance to go and stick your hand in my side. You're believing because I'm in front of you. But then Jesus says to Thomas, blessed are those who believe even though they haven't seen. And this is amazing to me. This, this is so amazing because what it tells me is that the witness of those who walk with Christ is supposed to be enough. Our witness is supposed to be what is supposed to drive us to tell the story. It is our witness. It is not some grand uh, uh, story about having been on drugs and now I'm off. It's not some grand story about having been addicted to alcohol and now I'm no longer addicted. I'm not saying those things aren't great because they are. When Jesus reveals himself to us and we are freed from bondage, that is an amazing story, but it's not everybody's story. And I don't want every Christian to run out trying to get some kind of addiction or some kind of big sin that they've got to overcome to act like they have some great testimony. It's not that. Believing is what we are called to do. Believing in God is what we are supposed to be doing day in and day out. And as we believe, as we walk with him, God will continue to show himself faithful, continue to show up in our lives. and He'll continue to show us that he is indeed up on the throne. I'm going to close with this one story. It was actually yesterday. Um, we're working at home uh, and I had a rough start to my day. It, it wasn't bad, I, it was just a rough start. You know, it wasn't the type of start that I like to have. I got up and there was an email and I responded to the email by making a phone call because that was what was requested. And in that phone call, I got frustrated. The person on the other end seemed to not think that I was hearing whatever was being said. The person on the other end began, began to get irritated at me and I began to get irritated back. There was no yelling, there was no cursing or anything like that, but there was a level of frustration. And in all of that, that frustration that I had, in that day I actually went to my wife and I said to her, hey, I'm frustrated. I just had a conversation and that conversation made me frustrated. And then later on in the day, and I even, before I got done with talking to her, or actually when I got done talking to her, I walked out and I just said, Lord, I just don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I, I, I need you in this time. And so later on that day, I got an email from a different person who just seemed to acknowledge the work that it takes to do the job that I have at Baylor University. And they went on to say, I, I, I'm concerned about just four people, but you have on your plate hundreds of students, perhaps thousands of students that you're caring for and trying to find services for. I just want to say to you, thank you for the work that you do. And my brothers and sisters, what I want you to know is that 
I could not at that moment, just on yesterday, I could not have been more happy to know who God is, to know that he's in my corner, to know that he saw my frustration and he decided to send me some encouragement along the way. So I want to encourage you. God sees you. He loves you. He knows all about it. Trust him. Believe in him. Don't, believe in him despite your doubts, despite your questions. Know that he's there, for he loves you and so do I. God bless you. Keep you. Is our prayer. What a great message and what great lessons we can learn from Thomas. Now, this ministry is supported by and sustained by your generosity and your gifts, donations, tithes, and offerings. So if you want to donate to this ministry, please click on the link below in the, in the description, www.gbbcwaco.org slash giving. When you go to that website, you are able to give uh, via online. You can enter in credit card information or ACH, which means you'll put in your banking information. Or there's an address there where you can mail in any kind of donation or tithes and offering that you want to. We love you. So does the Lord. God bless you and keep you.